Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're talking about the fundamentals that most e-commerce companies miss and the important things to get right. Also in the show notes is a download of a workshop on how to produce a winning Facebook ad called the Founders Facebook ad. So if you want to grab a copy of that, please do so. Let's get started. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm all right. How are you? Well, excellent. I'm all right. We've been through a cyclone in Auckland and woke up this morning. And I thought there's something different. And it was quiet. There was no wind. And we've actually got sunshine. Wow. I can see the sky. It's the first time are you in, in the middle yeah, of we... the cyclone, though? That, that could be why. No, I think, it's, I think it's gone. Really? I think it's passed. All gone down the side. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 got we were right though. Was, oh, the only thing that happened was one of our total trees, a big branch fell off and landed in the garden. But that was it. If that's all I have, then touch wood. That's not a bad place to come out of it. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah. And if you watch yeah. the news, it was a lot of devastation. Well, if you watch the news, you know you're on the news. You're like, oh my god, my brother is literally flying, you know, through the air in the middle of a cyclone. Yeah. His, his his house has been flooded. I know. So we're all a little bit it's, worried. Uh, lots of lots of our um, our e-commerce uh, people have uh, have reached out to Mark to see if he was okay, <laughs> which is lovely. Yeah. And we're we're very lucky where we live, though. We're very lucky. We're in a quite sheltered spot and not on a cliff and not in a floodplain and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, um, yeah, it kind of helps. Anyway, we digress. So the what what we wanted to talk today it was about the. Um, Basically, the, the game changes that we talk about over and over, we keep finding ourselves saying the same things to a lot of, lot of people at the moment. And interestingly, Ian was having a conversation with, I think you went to see a FTSE yeah. 250, like really yeah, big company big, today, and they asked yeah. you the question. Yeah, it's a big retail. When he's winning tell the story. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, big retail company in the UK. Been going for a long, long time. Yeah, FTSE 250. And... The, the MD asked me a question and she said, she said, you know, I said, Ian, right, what, what are the fundamental things that we should be doing? You know, what are we not doing that we should be doing? You know, where are we going to get the biggest change? And essentially they wanted to grow. So this is a business, it's a really nice brand. Uh, they've been going for quite a long time. And I wouldn't say they've stagnated, but they've got to a point where they want to grow it significantly. Um, because they want to really reinvest in the brand and really push it, and they've and I suppose up, up to this point they've been taking a you know, re, you know quite a nice profit out of it, and they said like what what, what should we do like how do, how do we how do we turbocharge this how do we really grow and I said well I said the the things that and as I was saying it I realised that I say this all the time that whenever I meet an e-commerce business I always say the same things at the start and I said well the pillars the things that we always get a greater return that that we always manage to move the needle with more than anything else 
tends to be um, these the five these five things, and I and I and I and if I just I'll just li- I'll just read them out because, um, and then I'll and then I'll we we'll can talk about them one by one, but in this particular case, it was a it, a lot of traffic coming from Google Shopping, so a lot of ads a lot of a lot of ads are landing on the product page, and so we focus on that. So I say okay, the product page is important, but it was instantly number one, it was about instant authority and credibility. So it was the positioning statement that was lacking in this business. So if you hadn't heard of this brand and you landed there, you'd be like, I've got, who the hell is this? So that, so there's all, and we often find there's an authority positioning problem. That's number one. Number two, there's often a, a navigational flow problem, i.e. the bounce rate's really high and because you can't get anywhere else. So that's number two. So you've got to make sure that if this isn't the right product they land on, they want to look at other stuff. There's an outlet quickly. Number three, it's about understanding the whether or not it's a desirability play or it's convincibility play. So the imagery's got to be right. Number four, I've added. I've actually added another one. <laughs> I said five. It's actually six because I added number three. The, the, the number number three is that is we have to reduce anxieties and, and get rid of key friction. So we think talking about returns policy, delivery, guarantees. What happens if it goes wrong? The fourth one is trust and credibility, massive overwhelming evidence of trust and credibility. And the fifth and the, the, the sixth one is, hang on, how many have I got to? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. The last... I don't think people really care no, it doesn't matter. how many points yeah, you've got. There's a five, the five, no six. In critical thing. <laughs> so the last one is the, is the, is the reason to act now. So the, this business today had no authority positioning when you landed on the page at all. The, the images were, the, the navigational flow wasn't, was completely lacking. So there was nowhere else to go on the product page at the top. They, they hadn't addressed any key anxieties, which is about returns policy, um, guarantees or anything like that. Um, they had no trust and credibility at all. So they had things like be the first to review this product type thing. Uh, and they had no offer architecture. And I said, those, those things there, those main are the key things that we, t- we tend to find that we move the needle more than anything at all. So it's those areas that I tend to go through the first and foremost all the time. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, I think you can apply this to any, to any, any business. I mean, what do you do? Should we just read them through again? So you've got you've got the authority positioning piece, mm. you've got the navigational flow, you've got the tr- you've got the the anxiety reducing, like when is it going to arrive, and then you've got the mm. trust and credibility. Yeah, and then you've got the offer architecture. So if you think about it, why are we saying those things? Why am I? Why did I say that today? Why do I say that all the time? And you think about the first one the authority positioning piece well, well that's important because you ha- you have to come from a, a position of authority like why why am i here why am i on this website like am i going to find what i need is there instant evidence that that you know this is a good place to be and should i invest my time here and it's this particular business today has been trading for over 150 years um, obviously, the internet only came along. It's, it's part of that, but they've got they've got a trusted 150 years. 
they've sold over 10 million plus um, products in that time. They've got an incredible 4.8 out of 5. I think they had something like, I think got 6,000 um, reviews on Trustpilot. Now, and none of that was being shown. None of that was being talked about. Mm. It was completely hidden. It didn't exist. It wasn't there. So I'm like, oh my God. Like, it, like if you listen to this and you think, well, I haven't got those things, don't worry. You could, there's, there's always a good story to tell. There's always something good that you can pull out. Like, if you don't have loads of Trustpilot reviews, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to use Trustpilot if you've, you know, if you, you if you haven't got great reviews. So that that was the first thing. That's like that's obviously going to position people. Like straight away, people are going to land on the product. They're going to go, "Wow, this I'm in the right place. I'm excited to be here." And that's yeah. why. So- and I think there's a myth. I think there's a myth um, on it, that that people want to shop around. People don't. I mean, sometimes they they want to shop around because they're enjoying the purchase. Like they're saying, looking for a new car. You'll go and look at those different cars. But if I want to buy a new water bottle, I want to go and buy a new teapot. I don't want to shop around. I want to get it done. Yeah. And I want the website I land on to tell me every information that I need to have, so I can make that decision about that that product there and then. And it's your sale to lose rather than thinking that they're going to you know people come back multiple multiple times. It's like, well, we need to make sure that's got everything here. Yeah. And I, like what you're saying about the company today is really interesting because you'll often find, particularly bigger companies, they'll have these assets, they'll have these amazing assets that they, they're hidden away. And it might be kind of hidden on the About Us page or it might not even be mentioned at all on the website. Like remember when we were working with that garden paving company and we've been working them for, for about six months and, and, then, and then they suddenly says, oh yeah, well, we do all the paving for the Chelsea Flower Show. And I'm like, What? Yeah. Why have you, it's why you mentioned this? And it's like because what you're looking for is I always like this, this term of mental model. Like people have a mental model of Chelsea Flower Show. They have a mental model of Kew Gardens. They have a mental model of something. And then you go, well, they use us. And then they quickly the mental model goes, well, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Job done. You know, it's it's super quick. Rather than you have to, if you hadn't got the mental model of that. You say, if you don't do Chelsea Garden, you say, well, we are this level of pavers and we do this and we kind of, we always do this kind of, you know, it's like we're having to build that up artificially. Whereas you can kind of just say, yep, job done, mental model, plonk it in. And we've got instant trust and trust, instant trust and credibility. So that is really what we're looking for. Is that, is that instant trust, isn't it? Yeah. So. I so, I mean, ultimately, you know, with you said before, you said, you know, people don't necessarily want to shop around. Um, and, and, and I think that's true. However, the, uh, the, the ease of shopping around online is so quick compared to being in a physical retail store where you physically got to go out of one store and walk <laughs> to another one. Obviously, online, you can go, you can swipe left and you can go back to Google and there, there's all the shopping, you know, the Google shopping cars are. So, like, the, you know, the temptation to do it is huge. And hmm. if... What, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not no, saying it doesn't happen. I think it's, it, is it, inevitable. Is, it is inevitable. But what is it? Ultimately, they don't want to no, be doing they, they want to. They want to solve the problem. They want to, you know, they want to be able... If it's a, you know, if it's a problem-solving rationals, you know, they need the convincibility to do it. You know, ultimately, they are to, they are to shop. But, but what I was saying is that the, the main reason we 
talk about um, a positioning and coming from a place of authority to make that very, very clear right there in the header um, is, is because people really want to be reassured that they should invest their time here. Because that's so easy to go and shop. You know, like if you come from Google Shopping, you've seen, you know, half a dozen ads, you know, a load of text ads. You know, you know that there's so much more ads going on in Google or in Instagram, wherever you are. Like the temptation to go back to see another ad that you think is going to solve your problem better. It's it, it is it is hugely um, easy, you know. It's very quick and yeah. easy to go back. Well, I think that's reflected in the in the conversion rate. What's a typical conversion rate? Four percent. So you know, ninety six percent of people who come to the website don't buy. You wouldn't get that in a traditional no. retail shop. That's right. You know, You're flicking if, around. If only four so percent of much. people came into Boots the pharmacy and bought Boots to go bankrupt pretty quickly. Yeah. And so here, so basically, so you, you you've got to have a positioning piece at the top so on the demo store like really naffly but very lazily we've said um trusted 30 years thirty thousand orders shipped like people we've talked about it's quite a lot and it's pretty poor it's, it's okay it's better than nothing mm. you know so we are saying straight away hey we've been here for 30 years and, and there's thirty thousand orders shipped and and so that's very it's really important to push that it's really important because without that there they then don't go to the next point Right. So if you don't have any positioning authority, they don't care about trying to find the right product because they go, well, this, this, you know, I don't even know who these guys are. This just doesn't feel I'm not going to invest my time here because, you know what, I'm going to go back into Google. I'm going to go and find one of the other brands that I've, I've recognized. All right. I, I think they're going to do better. I'm going to, I'm going to, mm. So you, so you've got to get that authority. So then the next thing, once you've got you've established that authority positioning. And the example I always use, and I want everybody to go and do this, go on to Google and search for screw fix lathers. Okay. And <laughs> the reason why I give this example is because the ladder that comes up in the Google shopping, for me anyway, is a is a is a, a yellow ladder. It's a fiberglass yellow ladder, right? And it's like screw fix is a hardware store in the UK. They sell probably hundreds of different ladders and Google has decided to pick this yellow fiberglass ladder. So it's a slightly obscure ladder. It's like, a, you know, and so the point is, you know, like you land on the site there, you land on that, you go straight to the product page and it's like, there's no way you're going to pick the first ladder that you've landed, you know, you've seen, you know, magically you're mm. going to go. So what, what it's got is the breadcrumb and this is what breadcrumbs are for. And so many people don't have breadcrumbs on the product page on mobile. Like it, it, and actually the demo store doesn't either because we're lazy and we haven't got around to doing it, but it's on the first thing on the list. We have actually got it, but it's slightly further down. Well, the ladders, the, the screw fix one is a good, is a good execution of this. And it has a big, nice, big chunky breadcrumb that says back to all lathers or back, I think it's a back to all five glass ladders and it takes you back to the to the category that that product's immediately in and so it's like a signpost to say hey is this maybe this isn't the right ladder for you but here's here's loads of other ladders like click here we're gonna so it's right there really high and it and it does one thing one stat that it focuses on it focuses on the bounce rate because if you're driving traffic 
to go- from Google Shopping or a product ad to landing on the product page, you're going to find your bounce rate is massive unless you're careful. So that big, nice, big back to all ladders is designed to reduce the bounce rate. And we know that if we reduce the bounce rate, we increase the ads basket. If we increase the ads basket, we increase conversion. If we increase conversion, we increase ROAS goes up and it allows us to spend more. So, so that, you know, so the first thing is we've hit the we've hit the trusted we've hit the um, positioning statement, and then we've got then they go yeah I, I will I will spend my time here be, yeah I'm I'm convinced I'm going to invest my time in this website, then it's got to find the right product. So if they can't find the right product. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to bounce. They're going to go back. So we've got to make sure that it's not a dead end page, and I want that breadcrumb right there, high up, above the image on the left, just like Screwfix.com does. And what, so once, mm. let's say you've done that, okay, and then you, you and people have then found the right product because the navigational flow is, is good. They've found the right product. The next thing, to keep it simple, we'll skip one because I was talking about the image and making sure the image is good. That's kind of an obvious one. But let's get it. So then people go, I found the right product. Now I'm, now I'm feeling a bit anxious. I'm feeling, well, what happens if it doesn't fit? Or what happens if it doesn't arrive on time? Or what happens if it breaks? Or what happens if it doesn't work with my X, Y, Z? Or what happens if they can't get it up the stairs? Or like, I mean, obviously the anxieties are all different for all e-commerce businesses, and, we, and you need to go and look yeah. at your reviews and find out what. So gifting what is but, what, yeah. what happens if yeah, what happens if they don't yeah. like it? So you you've got to uncover the, your key anxiety that is relevant for for what you're doing, and you can mine the reviews for that. Yeah, um, we probably know from. I can probably tell you what it is across many different industries and doing yeah. those review minings across different stuff. But, you know, for clothing, it's normally fit. For jewelry, yeah. it's, it's either the gift. Will she like it or will will it will it fit me? Will it look good on me? Those kind of things. Well, gifting, gifting is normally, it's very simple. It's will it arrive on time for my event? And what happens if they don't like it? You yeah. know, and so, and then, and then, you know, with fashion, it's normally fit. You know, that's a big one. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, but then you do get you do get anxieties around color, you know, if the color is different, is it scratched? So but there are always there, you know, there is always a bit of nuances to the to the what people get anxious about. And there are there are obviously differences. But basically, we're saying you've got to remove the anxiety and it has to be in the right place on the product page underneath the add to basket. You've got to be mentioning your returns policy and it's got to be a good returns policy. You've got to be mentioning yeah. like your warranty and your guarantee, things like that. Um, and you've got to mention when it's going to arrive and is it in stock? Is it even in mm. stock? Big green And if tick. it's clothing, if it's clothing and fit is your big anxiety, just having the size guide is not enough. You have to have one, two, well, two, three different ways of them overcoming the anxiety. Yeah. So you might so have I a think... size guide, interactive size guide, quiz. Yeah, and model You might wears... even have... Yeah. Model wears this. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, also, it, it, I, I think basically once ways. you've yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I was just I was just saying once you've uncovered the main anxiety, you cannot go far enough. Like, you know, because I had a client the other day that was saying, Well, we, you know, we're selling clothing. We you know, well your main anxiety is is definitely gonna be size and fit. It was it was a, it was particularly relevant for them because their clothing was tight fitted sportswear. And whenever something's mm. tight fitted, you know, like a like a wetsuit or a cycling mm. top, you know, it's like sizing is so, so key. 
And I was like, you can't go far enough. So whatever you're thinking, go deeper and bigger and more. Your size guide needs to be better than it is, even better. So, you, so you've got to really understand what... I mean, this particular company today, um, we're selling things for the, for the kitchen. And one of the anxieties is, well, will it work on an induction or a, a gas hob? And is it oven proof? And what's the returns policy? You know, and, and will mm. it last forever? You know, what's the, mm. what's the lifetime guarantee? And all those things were missing. And I was like, why yeah. is it missing? Oh, because we didn't really, didn't really want to put our returns policy on there because we thought it wasn't a particularly good returns policy and we kind of wanted to hide it. Um, and I was like, okay, let's talk about that. And we talked about it and we said, well, you know, if, often if you put a better returns policy in, it tends to reduce the, the, um, the anxiety and you, you tend to get more almost buys. And people tend, if people are upset, they don't really care about your returns policy anyway. They try and send it back. And if, and if people do send it back, they do so within the first seven to 14 days anyway. So if you put a 60 or 90 day, Returns policy it doesn't make any difference because they don't send it back. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. So that so returns that was, ha- happen in, yeah. in in the way they happen, almost regardless of policy. A lot of the time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And in fun, in a funny way, you know, I said today, I said we've seen certain industries where if you if you have a really big generous returns policy, it actually reduces returns because people don't get anxious about returning it. So in this so case, mm. yeah, because if you so if you've got a thirty day return on your cookware you know they start to think well should i should i return it when it gets to like 20 days 20 you think should i yeah should i return it you know and if it's 60 days you go well i've got plenty of time so i don't need to worry and guess what happens mm. they forget about it and they move on and they're happy oh we'll keep it yeah yeah it's fine so it's interestingly like... i was just going to say something about returns policy is is that um, because we always are having good returns policies marketing policy that doesn't always work when the product that someone is buying is is the idea of having to return it is so loathsome that you don't want to even think about it. So like, for example, let's say you're going to get some prescription sunglasses done and you need them as emergency or emergency glasses. You don't care about the truth policy because you want to get it right first time. Or when yeah. it's something like a low value item, like you don't want to have to have a faff of returning it. So therefore the anxiety becomes Will they get this right first time? Will this work first time? Yeah. So, of course, obviously, you've got to have a good returns policy. But sometimes that's not far enough. If it's a product in their mind that they think, I just cannot be bothered to even think about returning this or I won't buy it. You've yeah. got to kind of overcome that, haven't you? And I think, I think in that, that's where, you know, you can change the terminology. So we saw, we saw a site the other day that we said, you know, it had a 30-day change your mind promise. Mm which is a better way of saying 30 days returns. Mm. There's something about change your mind, which basically implied that, you know, it doesn't matter whatever happens. It's fine. You can change your mind. If you don't like the look of it. Whereas I think, I think you're right. So with all of these things, it's a perception. You've got, to, you've got to understand what the job to be done is and, and what they get anxious about. Can I add something there about the returns policy and the guarantee in it? Because what I don't like yeah. to see a lot of the time is like 100% satisfaction guaranteed or um, great returns or, you know, like I actually use no hassle returns quite a lot, 60-day no hassle returns. That's, that, that kind of works. But what's better in terms of a guarantee is actually saying something that's specifically to the person. So like with a mattress, 
if you're selling a mattress and you said 100% satisfaction guaranteed, it's almost like that statement isn't there. It's completely meaningless. Whereas if I say a 100-day try at home, sleep at home guarantee. Sleep promise. Sleep promise. That means something because it's that's what I'm that that aligns to the job to be done and the guarantee aligns to what I'm actually going to be using it for and it's much better to do that so you've yeah. got to be very careful and you know when you see these e-commerce sites and you've got those three or four reasons to buy uh, from from them a lot of them could be put on any website and are complete and therefore are ultimately completely meaningless like yeah um, like even a price match promise you you could make that much more relevant to your your products like the you know the the tool the 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 matika let's say you sell matika tools matika price match promise or something you guys specific be specific with what you're doing because when you're specific with your guarantee about the job to be done it cuts through the noise and it means something yeah and you've got you've got to make it relevant because essentially what you're doing is you're de-risking it for the customer and, and mm. that's what you've got to do. You've got to go, how can I remove all the anxieties and, so, and, to, and present this potential customer with absolutely no risk whatsoever? Mm. Like that's, that's how they've got to feel. It's like there's nothing that could go wrong. There's, that, there's yeah. nothing here. So you, you, you just got to go and you line up all the anxieties to go, well, how can I, not, how can I, how can I address um, you know, the delivery concerns? Or how can I address... address you know, like warranty or, or, or returns policy. How can I, and you know, you just got to knock them over, mm. you know? So, so that, that was the, that's the, the, you know, the third one was the, was the, was the anxieties and they, they've got to be, I like to see those actually, if it's, um, if it's a convincibility play product. So if it's a problem solving convincibility, I like to see those in the, in the actual image on the mobile product page as little mm. roundels or I, I like to see them there because it's not about desirability it's convincibility so if it's desirability sometimes it can look a bit naff to do that but if it's convincibility problem solving yeah i'm going to put my 90 day try at home you know i'm going to put my 25 year lifetime guarantee you know i'm going to put those things in right there because i know it's about convincibility so you know, you might have to repeat these things, but you can, what, don't hide them in your bloody footer or mm. hide them in a tab. Like, have them in your tab and put them in your footer, but, but come up with a very short, snappy summary right next to your add-to-basket button. You yeah. know? So, so that's, the, that's, the, that's the next one. So, and then the, the, the fourth one is the trust and credibility. So this particular brand that we spoke to today it's a, it's a massive brand, actually, and people will know who they are. But I said, if you're going to try and grow this brand now to a younger de- de- demographic and to make us work harder, let's imagine that no one's ever heard of you. So they don't know mm. who you are. So when they look at this, that you know, you could be, you know, a Shopify site that someone's thrown up in the bedroom. Like because there was no evidence of any trust and credibility whatsoever. And that yeah. is a big one. So if you think about it so far, what we've done, we've gone, we've got the authority credibility. So we've convinced people that they should invest their time here. We've, ha- we've got the navigational flow. We've f- helped them find the right product. They've found the right product now. And then they're starting to feel anxious about it. When's it going to arrive? What's the returns policy? What's the guarantee? Now, we've dealt with that because we've got a really kick-ass market-leading you know, 
policy here and we've put it in the right place so they've seen it now they start thinking well do i trust this company do i trust them that they can do this yeah they've got the right product yeah they've got the right the right price yes they've got the right um uh, returns policy do i trust them what evidence can i see and, th- and this is these this is a massive one trust is evidence of existing customers mm. and credibility is evidence of third party credible sources you 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 recognize mm. so you know and so a lot of the times we see I'll be the first to review. And this particular this particular brand that we were with today, and on their product page, I happened to click on a product that had no reviews at all. And it said, be the first to review this product. You know, zero reviews. And I was like, okay, this this is really not not great. So in that scenario, I'd be looking for how I can bring in perhaps the overall service reviews. And if I don't have loads of reviews, I want to create a little graphic there that, that it gives the impression that we've been we've been doing this a long time. So how many orders have we sent? How long have we been in business? You know how many you know that, those sort mm. of things. So we want to be able to really make sure, and it will come with time. You know, you might think, well, I haven't got any third party credibility, but really think about what you can do. I mean, the trick Mark and I used to do ten years ago was we used to take. <laughs> I don't know if we can say this. We can. We'll say it. We used to take an ad out in the back of the Daily Mail when you could in the newspaper. And this was like 12 years ago um, so that we could then put the, the as seen in Daily Mail yeah. on the product page. And we did actually do that with a couple of brands. Uh, yeah, we just you got did it harder to do it now. Yeah, yeah it's, harder it. to, it's harder to buy those, the lads now, isn't it? So yeah. They don't have as many classifiers. That was yeah. a... No, so you know, but it's there. So, so if you think, because this comes back to the busy restaurant test, it's like well, the busy restaurant test is like, well, you know, you're walking down the high street, you see two restaurants, one's one's full, one's completely empty. Which restaurant do you want to eat in? Well, you want to eat in the one that's full, and it's part of that. In terms um, of reviews, can I add something there? So, the a lot of people kind of go, well, I'm going to put the reviews at the bottom of the product page. You can see the reviews and stuff like that. But what tends to happen is people see the reviews and they might read some of them as reviews, but it's just kind of random. What you want to do is you want to find some of your best reviews that really cut into the anxiety and the desirability and the job to be done. And or they kind of like attack the main the main competitor, which might be the high street or a physical store compared to the online or whatever, whatever it is. And you want to pick those out and you want to feature them on the product page. A couple of those, your best reviews. Obviously, you're going to still put the reviews down the bottom so you've got it. But like your, once you know what review works and sells, you want to amplify that. And you don't want to like let them see it within all the other reviews because effectively you want to really focus their mind on something that's very specific and, and picking those out. So one or two reviews. Uh, picked out probably yeah, there's some there's not some product related gems. but category related or something like that yeah yeah there's some absolute gems i remember working with them um, with actually it was another cookware brand and we were like really wanted to sell these um non-stick frying pans and we looked at the reviews and there was and, and we knew that what when people were unhappy 
they moaned when they were buying a non-stick frying pan, they moaned about the fact that it wasn't non-stick and that it was really hard to clean. So we found, we're looking at the reviews. I remember, I mean, you picked, I think you picked it out. And we're like, how can we find a review that kind of really hits the job to be done and removes the anxiety? So the thing that people wanted was it to be truly non-stick. And the thing that they hated was it, it was really hard to clean. Mm. And the reviews that we looked at were like, one of them said um, it was truly non-stick. And this saucepan is so easy to clean. Even my 16-year-old teenager can can <laughs> clean it so it looks like new. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, of all the copy that you could write in your description, yeah. like, nothing would be as good as that little elevator quote with mm. the customer names, you know, there, right there in a prominent position in the right place. Because it just cuts through it all. Yeah. And you can't and say that yourself. You can't say this. Even no. you, you couldn't say, oh, this would be even even easier for a teenager to clean because people would find it offensive. But you could get a customer yeah. to say it and they can say things that you can't in a voice that you well, can't. The good, the good thing is the customers have already said it. It's like yeah. it's there in your reviews. Yeah. And you look through this. I mean, we do this for the demo store. We're like, oh, my God. Like, we just had this gem. Like, it's an absolute gem. We were one of the ones for the demo store. We said, I wish I'd found... I've wet this your store years ago. It's so much better than anything on the high street. Yeah, and it's like wow, Thank we use that. It really, yeah, yeah. we put it on all the emails and all the site, all the product pages, homepage, yeah. on the basket. So that trust and credibility piece is absolutely huge because you know, it, it, it's money for nothing. It's money mm. for nothing. And then and then once you've done that, then the final. So let me just. Summer, I'm good because it's. I know it's a pain. I'm going to do. So we've 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 done the authority positioning. They've invested their time here. We've got navigational flow to help them find the right product. We've we've we have resolved the anxieties, and we've demonstrated overwhelming amounts of trust and credibility. So that people know, yes, there's loads of people like me. I can see. I'm I'm not the first one. There's there's thousands of people that must trust in this. I have complete confidence in this business now mm. and the next one the final one is the reason to act now the reason to buy today and that is today or this week or this month now it depends on your buying window mm. because obviously if you if you're buying a sofa they're not going to buy today so what we mean is we need to give them the reason to act now yeah now there's two bits to this that are important there's there's sometimes we find that the add to basket and the conversion rate is low, but the bounce rate is quite low. Now, so you're clicking around, people having a look, um, and sometimes they're just not ready to buy. And we talked we talked about this quite a lot in previous podcasts, with this kind of putting them in a warm pen, like a holding pen. They're just not quite ready to buy. And, that, and that's the email bit. So, there's, we talked about this on another podcast, but I won't go into it into too much detail. But basically, the offer architecture is the reason to make them move now or today or this week. Now, the offer architecture doesn't work unless you've gone through the previous four steps. What I mean by that is they don't care whether or not there's an offer on the site this week that ends Sunday if we haven't demonstrated trust and credibility they don't care about trust and credibility if 
we haven't resolved the main anxiety, which is, is, is this gift, for example, going to arrive on time for the birthday? They don't care whether or not the product's going to arrive on time if we haven't helped them find the right products in the first place. And they don't care about finding the right product in the first place if we haven't demonstrated a, a, a positioning authority. So you, 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 you've got to go through. You can't skip them. It has to be done in that order. And that's when, if you do it right, that's why the offer architecture that flushes out the almost buyers works so, so effectively. But you can't skip it. Mm. It has to be done in that order. And that, none of these things this business had done. This business was doing about four million, probably on the back of the brand that was quite well known. Mm. And I said, I, I think we can double this. Without much effort, oh, I think I think I know who they're talking about, and I think they're sitting on easy, easy gold mine. It's just there's yeah. not been able to. Well, they just never wanted to do it before. So, well, they just let it coast along. I mm. think they just sort of gone. Well, we've you know that's the we've had a budget, we've done it. So, you know, I mean, that that was. I mean, obviously, the other conversation we talked about was the fact that they were sat on an eleven times ROAS mm. average mm. when when we did the margin calculator it quite comfortably showed they could take it down to a four. Yeah. So obviously there's that. But what happened is when you take a business that's been averaging at 11 times ROAS that's doing four million and you take it down to a four, all of a sudden the doors of the shop have opened mm. and you've, you've flooded in massive amount more customers in the shop and it's going to put the shop under a lot more pressure. Mm. Hence why we've got to work really hard to maintain the conversion rate they've already got. So we've got to run like super, super quick in order to stand still. Because if we did, if we, if we just took the, took the ROAS down to four and we didn't do any of this stuff that I've said, those five main things, mm. the conversion rate would just plummet and they just wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to be profitable. They wouldn't be able to scale it because we've got to work really hard. So I, what I'm, you know, you, you, you and often, it's a case of trying to maintain the conversion rate whilst whilst massively increasing traffic, and that's what we that's what mm. we did today. But yeah, those those five things talk about it all the time. Yeah. What I'm talking about a lot at the moment is the is the building the event that brings on the new customers, because it seems to be that the new customers don't come on to a brand, particularly if it's got a higher average order value, unless you've built an event around something to bring them on. Like what I mean is you'll get people landing on the product page from, you know, uh, uh, Facebook ads or Google ads, you know, percentage will buy and then a, a, a decent percentage will get sent up to the email list. And to flush those new customers out of the email list, you kind of need to build an event within your sales cycle yeah. that will flush them out. So if your sales cycles are sofa and people take t typically 30 days then every 30 days you need something for your new time for all the people you've signed up who haven't converted to flush them out to buy. Otherwise you'll miss the sales cycle and they'll bought a sofa yeah. from somebody else. If it's bedding, your sales cycle is probably seven days. So you really need to be doing yeah. something. And we, we don't do it every seven days because it's too much. You, you can't send something out every seven days, but like usually we do it, we do it every two weeks. So if you're, if you're recruiting well, those perfect. emails, you have to have an event that moves them on to the next level, which is a, yeah. a customer. And you know what, what, it, what you're actually doing when we talk about this, but quite a lot, a massive amount of e-commerce 
um, sales fall into the, the, the people want, want it. They don't need it. They emotionally want it. Bedding with a new pots and pans. You know, they emotionally want it. And they look for a rational reason to justify an emotional mm. want. And that rational reason is this, this event, this sale event that we've, we've done. And so what Mark and I will either do, we'll either do the sale event there and then on the site, so straight away. Um, and often we'll do both, you know, the, or we will, we will get the email address and then, and, then, and then use that email to then flush out the almost buyers with an event that's happening mm. in the next and it doesn't you know, have seven to be, to 10 days. It doesn't have to be money off. I mean, a lot of the time we're doing FOMO offers, limited editions, things like that on different sites yeah. that, it's got, that, yeah. that, that mean that, that people will, you know, they need to act within that, that, that sales cycle. And then, and that, and it works because it's kind of like, it's like turning up to a fight with a competitor and you have got, you know, you're turning up like either just on your own, which is you just doing your front end stuff, your Google shopping, landing on the page, or you're turning up with your, your, your mate, who's the email, who's the email uh, first time customers and your competitors might just turn up on their own. And it's like, you want to turn up with both of you because otherwise you're not going to win. You know, it's just going to be too difficult. You're going to be fighting against other customers who are, who have got their uh, email recruitment working and they've got their front end recruitment working. And if you've just got your front end recruitment working, you haven't got your email. And then particularly uh, email is, is for me, a lot of it is helping that first time sale, whereas it didn't used to. Well, it's because they're not. It's yeah. just not. It's not what the way a traditional e-commerce no. thought about email. They thought, yeah. oh, we don't do email because we don't really get much lifetime business, so therefore no. we don't even think about email. I'm like, well, that's a mistake because email is now a big vehicle for first-time customers. Yeah, it's massive. What, what, what I think what I've said, what we've said today is, is the fundamental cornerstones of of, of growing an e-commerce business, mm. and and even even. You know, looking at what, what we split tested and there are thousands of split tests we've done over the years. The ones that have moved the needle are the ones that have been focused around those five things. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you think about all the apps and the plugins and the all sorts of crap, personalization and all sorts of stuff people talk about in e-commerce all the time. You know, th- those five things, those five areas are the ones that are going to move the needle more than anything it's true you know so if you're starting to look at apps and you know zipify upsells and all those kind of things but you've not looked at your positioning statement your navigational flow your anxiety reducing your trust and credibility your offer architecture you're missing a trick yeah do those get them done and yeah uh, what we're doing today oh yeah and there's going to be there will be a download of um uh for this thing on on What's it going to be on founders and how to write a founder ad for Facebook? So there's, in the show notes, there should be that. So grab that if um, if you want to know how to create a founder ad for a Facebook. That'd be good. Anyway, thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Chat awesome. Soon. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.